cliffcentral.com. Let's uh, welcome to the studio Run Noiner. He is the um, he's the the man when it comes to figuring out cryptocurrency. We had him in here the other day, and he started the conversation for us. It's time to take it up a level. Here he is. Uh, good morning, Run. How are you, sir? Good morning. Nice to be here. Let again. me just switch on your microphone. That might help both of us. There we go. How's it? Good morning. Nice to be here again. Lovely, man. Uh, yeah, good to see you. I'm glad we're not talking about uh, teacher stories. I'm glad we shifted the conversation. Did you you didn't have any hot teachers at school with you? Well, let's shift the conversation. Ah, and, and, ah. And, and let's talk about cryptocurrencies. <laughs> really? No, not one. Because we had maybe one or two teachers. There was, there was one who was pretty damn hot. I had a whole lot of teacher crushes. In it, no. But I think that's every kid because um, you, you look up to them, right? Yeah, sure. It's almost like, again, that's a power thing. All right. Let's talk about cryptocurrencies because um, Bitcoin um, went to a one-month high and then people started warning about some upcoming event. And then it hit uh, this – wasn't it Monday? This Monday? It hit some kind of a high on a rally over the weekend. And then uh, there was that crackdown – no, no, this is a while ago. Then there was that crackdown in China. Yes, yeah, so the long and the short of it is China banned, first they banned what they called ICOs, which is these in initial coin offerings. Right. Um, and then two or three days later, they came back and they said, it's not only ICOs, it's actually we're banning trading in cryptocurrencies. And they, totally. They, they did what China does, and China just banned and, and, cryptocurrencies. And I remember you saying that the, a lot of the mining of these cryptocurrencies goes on there. Yes. So if they ban it… Those people there will stop because what's the benefit to them? So the Chinese are quite smart. So you've got to understand what they're doing here. They're scared that money is going to leave the country or there's going to be money laundering. So they said, look, no more trading in cryptocurrencies because that's relatively anonymous. You can get away. You can send bitcoins overseas in a flash. But the mining of the, the – I don't think that they would ban the mining because the mining is a net income generator for China mm-hmm. because they use power and, um, and they use computing power, power and data right. to create bitcoins in China. And then you can still take that bucket of Bitcoins that you get by mining and you can sell it on what they call the over-the-counter market, which is not actually a, uh, an exchange. It's, it's, a, it's dealers who buy and sell Bitcoin. Huh? So I doubt that they would actually ban mining of Bitcoins because that's a net income generator and they kind of know where all the coins are and there shouldn't be a problem. If the rumors are true, on the 10th of October or the 12th of October, Bitcoin trading is coming back to China. With some new regulations Could be on the today. exchanges. Yeah, if, if, if the rumors are true, there's been a few articles that came out that said that uh, Bitcoin trading may actually come back to China. Hmm. And if that happens, that's a game changer. Yeah. So would you uh, advise, I mean, you know, speculators <laughs> might want to buy? So the, the Bitcoin is having an unbelievable, unbelievable run now. And it's having an unbelievable run because of a brand new concept in, 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 in the world, let alone in cryptocurrencies. And the concept is what you call a chain split. So I don't know how much you know, and I think I'll take a step back for, for the, for the, for the listeners. So how the, the blockchain works is that every transaction has almost what you call a date and timestamp and is stored mm-hmm. in this, in this chain. So imagine if all transactions are stored in one chain. But what happens, and, and these transactions are all confirmed by these people called miners. So mining is actually just a term for computers that confirm transactions on the blockchain network Correct. in its simplest form. But what happens when the community disagrees? What happens if you've got, say, a thousand miners or people in the community and they disagree? They disagree about the direction that Bitcoin should take. So they have these public fights all over Twitter and Reddit and, and all the other chat forums. And then they decide they're going to split. So they decide, look, we can't agree. And so what you we, have Bitcoin A and Bitcoin B. You have Bitcoin 
and Bitcoin Cash, for example, which is, which okay. is, so let me take you back to the last split. So when there was the last chain split that happened, uh-huh. they had this massive argument on, on all the public forums between all the big Bitcoin players, Roger Ver, uh, Wu Jihan, uh, and all these big Bitcoin players, people that own or mine a whole lot of Bitcoins. And they had this big public argument about scaling of Bitcoin. So, why is that important? Because if Bitcoin is going to have mass adoption and you're going to be able to buy coffee in a store using your Bitcoin or buy clothes in a store using your Bitcoin, then you need to be able to process a lot of transactions quickly. Because imagine you buy coffee, but it takes 24 hours to pay the merchant. That's not going to work. No. So what happened? So there was one school of thought that said, let's increase the block sizes. Let's not get into the technicals, but increase block sizes really means that you can process more transactions. Okay. So... Again, just to take a step back for the listeners, uh, Bitcoin blocks are mined every 10 minutes. In other words, they accumulate all the transactions, they put it into a bucket, and right. after 10 minutes, they release the bucket. But what happens if the bucket's full? That means that you have to wait for the next bucket. And what happens if the bucket's still full? And people don't want to wait because uh, what if they have to do that transaction there and then? Correct. You can't have your, your, your credit card declined. You can't walk into Hugo Boss today and, and, and swipe and, t- and the guy makes you stand there for 45 minutes to no. just, so that your Bitcoin – so that didn't work. So there, were one, there was one school of thought that said let's increase the block sizes to make this, this thing more, more, um, more mainstream and more transactive. And there were the core developers who said, no, let's not increase block sizes and let's introduce some other kind of software which actually sits off the chain and we'll, we'll do this, this thing called technical netting. Let's not get into the details. So they couldn't agree and they couldn't agree and they couldn't agree. And they kind of set themselves a deadline where they said, if we can't agree, then the chain is going to split. We're going to, we're going to take this one chain, which is what, what we call Bitcoin mm-hmm. and we're going to split it into two. And those who want to support the old system must support the old system. And those that want to support the new system must support the new system. And the whole market. It's fairly democratic. Yeah. It's actually the, it's actually more than democratic. And that's what I want to talk about. When it happened the last time, the whole market panicked. The price of Bitcoin went down and everyone thought it's the end of Bitcoin because the developers can't agree. But then what happened was when the chain split, the people that every person that held a Bitcoin got a free Bitcoin cash token. Bitcoin price went to an all-time high, yeah. and Bitcoin Cash went to six or seven hundred dollars, or even a thousand dollars at one point. So you got two coins, and so this introduces this new concept in in blockchain, which kind of says that if you follow a chain, and then you get to a point where you don't agree with what the chain is doing, you can split off that chain, you can go and compete with that chain, but you're still a stakeholder in both chains. Huh. So you almost double. Your value every time there's a split. So just understand what that means for society. It means that you'll follow a chain until a certain point, until you believe that you can do something bigger, better. And then you can rally support. You can go off the chain. You can still keep your initial holding and you get your new holding, which means that it's no longer one man's gain is another man's loss. It yes, means that everyone one man's gains. Ga- Imagine what that means for the progression of society. It means that the more smart people split off the chain, the more money everybody makes. I love that. Imagine if we could do that ideologically. Imagine if we could do that politically. Well, this you, is exactly You have people it. who disagree. So, okay, well, you get to keep one foot in the current system, but you get to experiment in the new idea. And take everything that you've got with and you. you lose nothing. You lose nothing. You're not putting it all on black or red. So this is You're what's putting it all on black and red, and it's going to end up on both, perhaps. Correct. And if it lands up on, yeah, it, it sounds too good to be true. Well, this is what the blockchain does. What does that does. mean for scarcity, though? 
It doesn't. It just means that people, more people can create more ideas that add more value to society using the old idea as a base. And if it doesn't work, well, you've still got the original chain. It does mean that the chain may become, you know, if you've got 100 miners mining a chain mm. and it splits, you may have 50-50. Yeah. But I mean, it's still you're still mining the chain. There's still and, and then those numbers will accumulate as well. Exactly. So it could end up being like a tree. Yes. That so just now, keeps on splitting and splitting and splitting. So splitting. why is Bitcoin at an all-time high today? Well, not an all-time high. It's almost at an all-time high. It's at about four thousand eight hundred dollars. Yeah. The last high was about five thousand dollars. But people have realized that every time this chain splits, they get more free tokens, and they start they back more ventures than just the the original venture. And they, mm-hmm. Someone, a guy called Spencer Bogart, wrote, wrote this article called an airdrop. And what he said is instead of launching all these new ICOs from scratch, just split the, Bitcoin, split the Bitcoin network. Split an existing network. Why start from the beginning? Rather ride the network until where it is today and then split it. So we've got two splits coming up now. Um, one of them is what they call a friendly split and one of them is what they call an unfriendly split. Okay. So the one that's a friendly split is... A bunch of people have got this thing called Bitcoin Gold. And Bitcoin Gold is um, arguably a dividend policy in Bitcoin. What they're saying is, look, if you've held your Bitcoin for so long, you don't get dividends out of Bitcoin. But we're going to create this new coin called Bitcoin Gold, which you can mine in a, in a different way. I'm not going to get into the technicals, but you can mine it in a different way. So everyone's going, look, if I hold Bitcoin, I'm going to get these free Bitcoin Gold coins. So everybody's running into Bitcoin. And that's the friendly fork. And then on the 25th of November, somewhere around, somewhere between the 18th and 25th of November, there's going to be a hard fork. And the hard fork is the community is fighting again. Mm-hmm. So these Bitcoin people, this, this decentralized community, they came to an agreement in New York about the scaling proposal of Bitcoin. And unfortunately, some of the miners now don't agree to stick to the agreement. And so the Bitcoin chain will most probably split again sometime around the 20th of November. And so if you had or if you hold Bitcoin on the 20th of November, you'll probably get Bitcoin 2X coins or whatever they called them at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's all the talk now in the Bitcoin community. This, this God, new that sounds amazing. Now it's, it, I mean, it's been very volatile this year, right? Every year. Okay. So in other words, this is not a market for people who want to see slow, gradual. Cryptocurrency is volatile. I'm actually just switching on my laptop because I, I, I saved something for you guys. But if I, the, if I look at the top performing coin this year, uh, it's a coin called NEO. Now, NEO is the Chinese version of a coin called Ethereum. It's, lo- it's domiciled in China, and it's, a, it's actually its own blockchain. Which you Ethereum can, is Russian, right? Ethereum is a, it's, it's, it's decentralized, mm-hmm. but the founder is a Russian-Canadian. He lives in Canada, and he was born in Russia. And uh, so I look, I'm looking at NEO now. So NEO has had a 21,430% return since the 1st of January. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's another called called EMC EMC squared, which uh, has had a seven thousand two hundred and seventy one percent return. <laughs> and so the list goes down. A coin, a coin, a coin called DGB, which uh, has had a four thousand six hundred and forty percent return this year since the first of January. So if any of my stockbroking friends are listening or my hedge fund friends are listening. Do you, I don't know if you want to call in and maybe share some of your returns that you've made on the JSE this year and see if we can compare them. It's not going to be near that. <laughs> Good as it is, it's not going to be anywhere near that. Do you think it's worth buying at this expensive price though? Depends what your 
So first of all If you're going to buy Do the homework Don't buy just to play red or black Like you yeah. say Buy stuff that you really Understand it before you buy it Or give it to a money manager who. And there are different things You could buy here You're not buying the same thing you know, Like you're saying You could buy NEO You could buy Ethereum You could buy Bitcoin So today there are 1,200 Or 1,300 coins On exchanges that trade today um, Which is quite funny If you look at the total market cap In cryptocurrencies today It's $151 billion now, if I looked at that market cap in January, I stand to be corrected, but I think it was about $40 billion. So it's huge, huge, huge growth. Uh, in fact, I don't know if, if there's ever been an asset class which has, which has done these, which has given these kind of returns. Do you think that the, cause there are a lot of people who say, Oh no, well, it's just a, it's a thing. It's a fad. It's not going to last. The thing will be, there isn't based, it isn't based on any kind of, um, of real world value. It's going to collapse. What do you say to those people? Because so you hear them. You've met them. I say that they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I lived through the internet.com bubble. In fact, I was a stockbroker at the time, and I saw what happened then, and there were all the skeptics about, you know, we'll never be able to transact on the internet. Oh, never, never, never. Today, we do most of our transacting off the internet. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand both technologies, and I understand the blockchain technology. And my understanding of the blockchain technology says to me that this is the biggest thing that's ever going to happen to our generation. It's the revolution is bigger than the internet revolution. And I'm not sure if I've said this to you before, but I'm going to repeat it. If you look at the internet revolution, all the internet revolution was, was a good way or a better way to share content. The internet enabled us to share content. The internet is not transactive. In fact, when you do buy something on the internet, you view the content, the catalog on the internet. But the transaction actually happens in a box in a bank off the internet. So you give mm-hmm. your credit card details, it goes into the bank server. The difference between the internet revolution and the blockchain revolution is that the blockchain is completely transactive and decentralized no matter where you are in the world. Every action that you make on the blockchain can reward you or charge you in tokens. And I love the fact that there is no government in control of this. Yeah, there's no government you can control it. There are pros and cons to that, uh, and I know the blockchain, the blockchain community will shoot me down for this. But no government means no regulation, which means that at the moment there are quite a lot of scams. And there are a lot of uh, people who are laundering money. Correct. That's sure. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, the, that's the, 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 the con to this whole thing. And I'm sure that what we'll do is we'll get self-regulation. And I think that they'll become ratings companies on the blockchain, which will rate tokens and then you can read the research reports and decide whether or not you want to invest in them based on research that people have done. And you'll, you know, you'll find the Moody's and the Fitch of, of, of the blockchain coming up very soon. Um, are we going to, are we going to start? I, I don't have any, uh, I've got that little bit that Vinnie Lingham gave me a while ago, but so, should I, should I, should I start getting into this? So what I think we should do, I, I think the best thing to do is let me start a cliff central portfolio, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll, Make available on the Twitter, on the website, or whatever sure. else. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I'll do is I'll, today when I get home, I'll open an account. We'll call the account cliffcentral.com. Okay. We'll put money in the account. Okay. And then what I'll do is I'll keep posting updates as to why I'm doing what I'm doing for that account. So every time right. that I make a transaction, what I'll do is I'll, I'll update it on my Twitter or your Twitter or, or, sure. or, or the So thing. we'll keep people informed. And, and at the same time, we'll what track we'll, it. We'll track it. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll tell them why we're doing what we're doing. And hopefully we'll get an educational point, you know, to educate people as to why we're buying mm-hmm. something. So before I buy something, I'll say, look, I'm buying Bitcoin today because I want to get the coins from the fork. And maybe we can talk about what the fork is. Or I'm selling Bitcoin today because I think it's had a hell of a run. So I'm kind of putting my head on the block because if I don't perform well, 
they're not going to look like a monkey, but everyone will see. <laughs> everyone yeah, will you, see. You're not afraid of that. No, I'm not afraid of that. Okay, so let, let's do this. Let's start a Cliff Central portfolio of cryptocurrency. Yes. And and Run will run this, and he will make sure that we know what's going on. He'll make all the decisions about what we're buying and selling. Yeah. He'll explain why he's doing what he's doing, and we can all hop on the journey. Yeah, and I'm happy to take recommendations from the from the listeners if they, if they want me to invest in something or investigate something uh, to add to the portfolio. Happy, get me on Twitter, Crypto Man Run. Um, yeah, so I think what we'll do is today I'll go back, I'll set up this portfolio. And then we'll post it on Twitter and then, or Twitter or the website, you guys tell me. I love it. Yeah. And then we can, uh, we can check in every now and then and we can take calls from viewers asking, uh, from listeners and ask them uh, what they want to add or why, the, why we should add or why we should subtract things in the portfolio. I think that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so what are you going to do to start it off? What, what sort of things are you going to buy to start off with? So let me set up the portfolio first. Okay. Um, You'll the, let us know on Twitter. Yeah. As I, as I said, the Bitcoin has run a hell of a lot, uh-huh. but it's come at the expense of all the other coins. So what people have done is they've sold their other coins mm-hmm. to buy Bitcoin. So what I think is going to happen is people are going to realize, hold on a second. Now Bitcoin's had this amazing run. We should go back and buy our, our alternative coins, our altcoins. And so what I'm going to do this afternoon is just have a look at which altcoins got really badly hit and maybe take a nibble of those things. I do have one rule when it comes to buying and selling crypto. I never buy crypto on the way up. I only buy crypto when it starts going down. So I may sit on cash for a while and just in, wait for the, for the next bit of bad news or what they call in. And then it'll start to yeah. drop. That's when you buy. Yeah. In the, in the crypto world, they call it FUD. They call it fear, uncertainty and doubt. So it's FUD. Uh-huh. So I may wait for the next round of FUD and for everyone to panic, sit on my cash. And then when, the, when everyone's panicking, then just wait for it all to drop onto my lap. And you'll show us when you do that on social media. So I'm going to make a pledge that every time that I make a trade on on this portfolio, I'm going to post the portfolio holdings, the balance, and the why. Um, and that way, I think what we can do is we're going to educate all our all our listeners as to why we do what we do. So it's not just uh, not just watching someone buying and selling a portfolio. All right, you can find him on Crypto Man Run C R Y P T O M A N R A N. That's on Twitter, and he's going to start this portfolio. Let's see how it grows. Awesome. Very exciting. I'm looking forward to this, yeah. A little bit and nervous, a little bit nervous. Well, I, I mean, look, you, you know, this is you put your money where your mouth is, right? Sure. So let's see how it goes. How's Crypto Trader going? How's the show going? Show is flying, flying, flying. We, we, we get a lot of viewers in South Africa, but more than that, the minute we put our Crypto Trader uh, videos on YouTube, they get thousands and thousands and thousands of views. And ironically, the views aren't coming from South Africa. They're coming from Russia. They're coming from South Korea. They're coming from the U.S. So it's truly an international show. On that show, we don't really ever talk in rands, and we don't make it a South African show. It's a it's, it's the world's first yeah. cryptocurrency investment show, um, and we feature people and, and tokens from all around the world. What do you think of Forbes magazine saying Bitcoin will not replace gold this easily? I think that. I think, first of all, the article that they wrote was an amazing article, and I think they put their, their heads out there. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think that digital, curren- digital currencies and commodities will reflect phys- will replace physical currencies and commodities over time. It's inevitable. Can you imagine what that will do to gold, platinum, silver prices? It's going to kill them. It's going to kill them, right? That's called disruption, though. Yeah. You know, Harvard Business Review says that once you've been disrupted, you can never come back. So it's, it's almost like they, they, you know, they used the case study of Uber and the taxis. And they said, mm-hmm. like, you know, once, once Uber disrupted taxis, you can, the, the taxis can never come back. Once Netflix disrupted video stores, they could never come back. And I think that's just going to, I think gold and silver are going to be disrupted. I think 
in quite a cliched way, I think banking is also about to get really Ooh. disrupted. A lot of the banks are, are hedging their bets, though, by opening up their own little internal crypto divisions, right, and their own little think tanks and trying to get the crypto community involved in what they're doing. They're, they're trying to put the banks on the blockchain, but right. what they don't understand is that the blockchain is actually to disempower the banks and to yeah. disintermediate the banks. So, yes, of course, you can put your deeds and you can put your contracts and you can do lending on the blockchain, but you've missed the point. The point is that you that you want to disintermediate the banks. Now, I met these Argentinian guys who who run a wallet, a, uh-huh. a Bitcoin wallet in the whole of South America, and we spoke the other day, and they told me they're starting to do micro loans, micro loans on the blockchain. So I said to them, well, how, well, how does that happen? You know, they say, look, you you want to borrow, say, a thousand rand. So I want to I want to get a thousand rand. Uh-huh. I go onto this blockchain crowdfunding platform. From people all around the world who are willing yeah. to lend me a thousand rand. Right. They lend me the thousand rand. So I said to them, guys, what happens if, if this, if you don't pay? I mean, yeah, so what you default. You default. Yeah. They said, no, they have this thing called a master, a master lender. So in South Africa, if I lend you a thousand rand, they have a master lender in South Africa, someone who's willing to vouch for you. Okay. And he's willing to underwrite your debt. And so, th- I mean, they created this in the blockchain. Now, what does that do for banks? What do I need a bank for? You don't need them. Let me give you another one. There's another company which is taking buildings. Buildings are traditionally very, very, very illiquid assets, right? You, if you own a building, yeah. you can't sell it unless you sell the whole building. Right. What if you just need a little bit of money? So they're allowing people to tokenize their building. So they're saying the Discovery building is worth a thousand Discovery tokens. And yeah. every Discovery token is uh, is owns one meter of a Discovery building, let's say. Right. And you get one one divided by the total number of meters of the rent. And so they're tokenizing buildings and they're making existing buildings completely liquid. Completely liquid. By That's to- incredible. So you can use that money to, to, to grow other things. Yes. Yeah, so where are the banks again? Just remind me. So, you know, the irony is we're looking, obviously, we're obviously keep, we're looking for sponsors for the, for the CNBC show as usual. Hmm. And the irony is, you know, when I phone the banks and ask them for sponsorship, I kind of feel bad. Like I, you know, guys, do you want to sponsor? Because you're going to be talking about uh, their demise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jesus. All right. I'm excited about this portfolio, man. Yeah, I'll have it ready first this stuff. afternoon and All I'll right. put it on Twitter. And if you want to know more, you can find Run on Twitter, uh, Crypto Man Run, and uh, we'll keep an eye on what he does, what he buys, what he sells. Um, all the interesting stuff around crypto, and he, he'll explain also when there are major events that take place and why he's decided to do certain things, and we can all learn from this. Uh, we better get into this because there are going to be uh, a group of people who are, are pioneering this space already, and you don't want to be left out of it if you're the kind of person like me who likes to be on top of stuff. You want to know what's happening in the world. You want to understand. You want to have conversations with smart people around these things. This is the way to do it, by experiencing it yourself. If you ignore this, it's like ignoring the internet. It's, yeah. al- it's almost like saying, I'm not going to use email because, because it, it, <laughs> you can't ignore this. Love it. You can't right. ignore it. Thank you, Ryan. Cool. Thanks, Always guys. Always good to see you, dude. Thank you very much. Run Noiner, and you can find him on Twitter, Crypto Man Run. All right. And you can watch his CNBC show. It's called Crypto Trader. you can find out more there. And we'll catch up with him again soon.